Forest bathing is an exciting emerging concept in our search to get closer to nature. Forest bathing promises a meditative and mood-lifting outdoor experience, and it may just help relieve the stress that builds up in our busy lives. Join us on today's Nature Journal podcast as we talk with Ellen Horowitz, who is an expert on this mysterious-sounding practice. Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus of FVCC, the wide surrounding flatted basin, and all across Montana and beyond. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, an employee here at FVCC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. So Ellen Horowitz, thanks for coming on today. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. So how about a little background? I mean, we've encountered each other off and on. You're very big in nature and botany and, and things like that, I know. And so give us a little bit of, a, of your background. I've been connecting people to nature for over 45 years as a naturalist, as a field instructor, as a botany instructor here on campus, and more recently as a certified nature and forest therapy guide. Okay, well, that's great. And I know you do a lot of writing, you write for Montana Outdoors and other magazines and so on. When we're talking about what forest bathing is, now uh, just uh, full disclosure here, you just took us on a little forest bathing experience on the campus here, which was fascinating. But if someone just said, what's forest bathing? How would you respond to that? Forest bathing is a way of experiencing the natural world by slowing down and immersing your senses in that forest environment without any other goal or focus. And having no other goal or focus is really a big thing right there because most often we are wanting to be in a hurry to get from here to there. But with forest bathing, it is it is very slow and we don't cover much distance. In a two-hour walk or a three-hour walk, we might only cover a couple hundred yards at best, sometimes way less than that. And I noticed in our session that, you know, I expected we'd be talking about what birds were listening to and, and identifying everything. And you said that's really not the focus of this, right? That's correct. With forest bathing, it's not a matter of knowing what birds are calling or singing in the background or what tree you might be looking at or spending some time next to. Uh, it's all about our relationship with, with the nature that's right there, right next to us. And it's a very different way of experiencing the outdoors than most people are used to. So let's get into a little bit about the background of it. What's the origin of forest bathing? I know it's from Asia, right? It started in Japan. Yeah, the, the practice in Japan is referred to as Shinrin-yoku, and that literally translates to forest bath or forest bathing. Some people will say it's bathing in the atmosphere of the forest. And it's a practice that began in the early 1980s amidst a real health crisis. It was a, at a time when there was great movement from rural areas to urban areas. 
and people working indoors, high-tech jobs, under fluorescent lights, long hours, lots of stress. And the rate of stress-related illness and autoimmune disease really just spiked. So the government took notice. They said, well, actually, one of the, the Minister of Forestry said, what happens if we put people into the forest? And it's an interesting question. So this is, we're talking about the, the government of Japan. So the, Japan actually officially looked at this as something that would relieve stress of their population. That's really interesting. And you mentioned a couple of those health benefits. Expand on that a little bit. Sure. There's a number of health benefits associated with forest bathing. Because it is slow and it's very intentional, it is a way to allow our brains to recalibrate from the hectic pace that it's used to, where we're always on the go, we're always connected to computers and phones and all kinds of devices, social media, that we don't give ourselves the time we need. And so our body is, is really in this heightened state. And so by forest bathing, slowing down, becoming really present in the moment, it allows us to reduce our stress levels because all of a sudden the stuff that kept you up last night isn't there. You are looking maybe at the bark of a tree or the lichens on a rock or the insects crawling up a tree trunk or whatever. And so it reduces stress and reduces anxiety, can improve mood, it will improve cognition. People just feel like they're they're thinking more clearly. People get a better night's sleep. There are also some, there's great evidence, and forest bathing is based off of a evidence-based framework. The smells that we get from the forest, particularly from the conifer trees, is also really good for boosting the immune system. And then I noticed on the, the short demo forest bathing experience you gave us recently that we didn't walk a long ways or anything. We want, and you asked us to take a position we felt comfortable with and maybe experience the forest in a little different way. That's what I found myself doing. I tried, well, I'm going to try to see things I don't normally look at when I'm jogging or walking through the forest. Is that sort of part of it? Yes. The invitations that I invited you on, and invitations are, they're kind of like an activity, but they're also like a prompt. It's almost a hybrid between the two, so that I might suggest notice the feeling of the air on your face or, you know, what is the most distant sound you can hear or the closest or the quietest? And you can adapt any of the invitations or modify them so that you feel comfortable, that, that, that you feel in control. There's never a right or a wrong way to do any of that, and there's no judgment. Now, when you said, and I remember you said, what's the farthest away sound you hear? What, why are you doing it? You're trying to kind of bring the person into its, the frame of reference of what you're doing at that particular time? As far as noticing the distant sounds, I change it around every single time. There's, there's no particular way that it's, that it's done on a regular basis. So I might just switch around which senses we, we tap into first. Okay. And you, now you teach classes in this as well. So you're as much of an expert as we have probably in Montana on this. So how far, when you, when you take, uh, let's say, eight people in a class, how far do you walk when you start from campus here? How far out into campus do you walk into the woods? Sometimes the greatest, the longest part of the walk is just from where we meet to where we get into the woods. And that might be a quarter mile. Mm -hmm. But we might start, you know, stop way sooner than that and continue but it's rare that a forest bathing walk is more than half a mile 
total distance. And a lot of times, a two to three hour walk might mm. only be 200 yards. Oh, be darn. So you're, you're moving very slowly and so on. Is it anything like a nature? I expected it to be more like a nature walk, I guess, where we would you know, identify trees and, and, and look at things that were our favorite bird or plant or tree. But it's really, it's really not exactly like a nature walk, is it? It's quite a bit different. Yeah, forest bathing walk is totally different from a nature walk or a hike because we have no other goal or focus. And usually when we're hiking or with a, a nature walk, it's informational. And here, I don't, I don't mention what birds you're listening to or what trees you're standing next to. The whole idea is, is just to experience. And what also allows our mind and our body to relax is not having to take in that kind of information, but just our relationship to whatever it is, tree or plant or insect, that we're, we're noticing. You know, I just had a, an idea that I wanted to run by. So Heron Park is not far from here, and there's, there's several places on Heron where there's a nature trail. And there'll be an explanation of what you're looking at when you get to this point or that point. Why, why couldn't you do a forest bathing trail that doesn't ask you what plant is there or doesn't point out something about the soil, but it actually says, try this here and think of this there. How about that? Actually, that's a great idea. In <laughs> Japan, there are, there's over 60 designated forest therapy trails. Oh, okay. Yeah, and in this country, the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy does certify trails, and they are built on mm. pretty much the, the kind of idea that you were just sharing with me. But I, I don't know how effective it would be compared to, I mean, you kind of led us through a lot of different things when we went on this walk here, so it wouldn't be nearly as good, but at least it'd be something. And you you talked about remote or virtual forest bathing. How does that work? Probably virtual forest bathing is the, the better name for it. Otherwise, remote people might think that we're going a long ways into the backcountry. But with virtual forest bathing, for example, someone that may be facing some health challenges, virtual forest bathing, or if I... I want to guide somebody. Uh, someone contacts me and they would like me to guide them and they're clear across the country. We can connect by telephone or Zoom or WhatsApp and that works. And in the case of the virtual forest bathing, and I offered one through the college last December, I wasn't sure if people would actually be outside. Sometimes with uh, virtual forest bathing walks, People are outdoors, you know, in their location. It might be a backyard or a nearby park. And are they using a cell phone or something? They, they would be using a cell phone. and But still, during the invitation, everybody is muted, or they're all muted. I am not because I've <laughs> got to be able to call them back right. after 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, depending how, how long it is. I, I noticed that when we did ours, you let us loose for a while. It was maybe eight minutes or something. It just told us to go around and experience and feel the, the sounds and... and and smells and so on. Is that something you do every time like that? Yes. In a typical two and a half to three hour walk, I might offer a total of four invitations. And except for the very first one where we're really all together, although we can be spread out, I, I invite you to wander out and explore whatever the, the invitation is, okay. maybe noticing the sounds or some tree that maybe intrigues you or calls to you that you want to check out. Final word on forest bathing. You have 10 seconds. <laughs> Final word on, on forest bathing. It is a lot of fun. It is a way to just really de-stress and enjoy your surroundings and get to know them better. And folks, if they want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? People can get in touch with me by going to Montana 
forest bathing or mtforestbathing.com. Wow. Okay, Ellen Horowitz, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, John. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week.